Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, shaving your downstairs area can be difficult, but those troubles are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring skin-safe technology, it glides nice and smooth, so you're not in any danger of nicks and cuts to your delicate downstairs area. It also has a convenient LED light, so you can see where you're trimming, plus it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. I've been using mine for a few weeks now, and it's awesome. It works great, and it will totally change your grooming game. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes included in the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Crop Reviver and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. Get all these great products, as well as a super comfortable anti-chafing boxers, plus a great travel bag to carry it all in. The Perfect Package is valued at over $150, but right now you can get it all for just $89.99. Manscaped features some of the perfect gifts to give to the men in your life. Gift your friends, your family, and yourself the gift of Manscaped. Right now, when you go to manscaped.com, you can use the code BABBLE and get 20% off plus free shipping. That's BABBLE, B-A-B-B-L-E, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. And we are live for the 88th episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. Tonight, we got Andrew, G, and Gus. And like, I'm just going to shoot you guys straight real, real, <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, we're all down bad. Uh, obviously, things have not been going well for for the new york yankees um since we we last caught you guys um our last podcast was coming off the heels of Corey kluber's no hitter things were looking awesome yankees backed that up by a, a weekend sweep at home against the chicago white Sox. things were looking really good right um they, they had kind of buried the early season woes and since then in the last two weeks the yankees have lost 10 of their last 13 games and um re- really not anything positive to say about this team right now there there's nothing encouraging um there, there's no good vibes it's at a point where if you guys didn't watch any um other games or, or miss some some of the games we couldn't blame you because there's really nothing fun or encouraging or exciting about this team right now and and like i said they, they've dropped 10 of their last 13 to fall to 31 and 29 um six and a half games out of first place they're not a good baseball team they're not a fun baseball team they're probably the most frustrating uh, Yankee team in at least seven or eight years. So I'm just going to open the floor tonight to, to G and Gus. Obviously guys, things are not looking good right now. What's going on? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so for, you know, very much in the way that you described, the Yankees are really bad and, frustrating and just not fun to watch baseball team and you know seven or eight years i was thinking um and this joke was made in the group chat actually i didn't even realize it until today um reminded me of like the 2013 yankees which were like riddled by injuries like a team that started every day lyle overbay and vernon wells and this team is less fun than that like it's actually awful you know for and we were going for a while there about how the pitching has been good. And the pitching still has been pretty good. Um, they're in the top 10, you know, in a lot of meaningful pitching stats uh, that I don't have in front of me right now because the Yankees, life of a Yankees fan is nothing but pain and misery right now. Um, I do have some offense stats in front of me, and they're bad and frustrating and the Yankees are 25th in the league in runs scored they're 26th in the league in batting average um every seemingly every good starting rotation performance these days is wasted because the Yankees can't score more than two runs 
And the real cherry on top of the shit Sunday that is every one of those performances is Aaron Boone coming out after the game and saying about how they're doing good things and we just have to do whatever the fucking stupidity shit that he says. Like, I don't know. They just they just don't play good baseball. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, well, they're not scoring runs. But they when they get people on base, they give away those people on base because they run themselves out and give away outs on the bases routinely, at least once a game. So, yeah, I'm going to kick it over to Gus because there's a whole rabbit hole that we're about to go down. But, yeah, the Yankees are a bad and frustrating and stupid baseball team right now. Yeah, and there's been a lot of things swirling around over the last few days, especially uh, getting swept by the Red Sox at home for the first time in a decade. It really, really sucks. Cannot overstate um, just how terrible that is. And just how – and I – just going into that series, like Air Boone and Alex Cora, I just always will give Alex Cora's teams the edge, no matter almost no matter the roster, because I always feel like Cora's teams will have the edge mentally. Like they just bring a, a kind of determination and mental strength that you just don't see from Aaron Boone Yankees teams all that often. And what really kind of bothered me is you kind of touched on it what he ends up saying after these terrible performances. Um, I'm going to draw a comparison that is kind of familiar to me. I don't know if it'll make a ton of sense, but hear me out. Now, I, I think about Roy Williams a lot. Um, just retired, uh, obviously, coach of the, the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team for almost all my life. Um, and what he would say when his team was struggling or – when they had a particularly bad performance, almost invariably he would say, I need to do a better job. I didn't prepare these guys well enough or put them in position enough to win, no matter whether it was his fault or not, whether the, they just had a bad shooting night or they turned over the ball a bunch of times, the line would almost invariably be, I just need to do a better job preparing these guys and putting them in position to win. Now, obviously it's different college and pros, but not hearing that kind of accountability from Aaron Boone, even if it wasn't warranted, is kind of frustrating because when you put the onus on the collective instead of yourself, it almost increases the pressure. I know when he's being positive, he's trying to keep the faith in his players and keep them having faith in themselves, which is important. But if he were to try and take some more of the blame upon himself, that would maybe almost push them to say, hey, this guy is taking the fall for us playing terribly. And now the media is coming after him. He's getting all, you know, all these columns are being written. We need to go out there and fight for him because he has faith in us. And you're not really hearing any of that. You're just hearing the same like, oh, well, good teams grounded into double plays all the time and we're working very hard. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. That, that was actually one of the most mind-numbing things uh, I think he said in maybe his entire Yankee tenure, right? Saying that, oh, if you face good pitching, you face good teams, it's a good thing when you're hitting into double plays. Like, in what world? I, I get that putting the ball in play is generally, generally speaking, better than striking out 
15 times a night. Now you look at a team like Tampa Bay, who I believe leads the league in strikeouts and they're in first place. So, I mean, obviously there, there's exceptions to that rule, but generally speaking, you put the ball in play, good things are going to happen. Right. But they're constantly hitting into double plays. There's no positive in that. There's no spin for you to look at that and be like, Oh, well it's better than uh, a weak pop out. No, it's not. Cause it's two outs instead of one. Uh, and some other, some other stats um, just, to, to pile on a boon because we're doing this tonight, I guess. Uh, the Yankees lead the major leagues in outs on the bases. They also lead the league in um, the aforementioned double plays. These are not encouraging signs. And yes, Gus, you, you brought up a, a great point that it's, it is actually frustrating for him to be like, oh, well, we're close. We're collectively doing a bunch of things well. And and I get the the atmosphere he's trying to create to, to keep some light at the end of that tunnel, right? Like, as a team, we're all doing good things, and eventually things will click into place. We're 60 games into this season. We went through this same shit in an albeit injury-marred 60-game season last year as well. Um, if you look at what he's done the last two years following 100 and 103 win campaigns, there's there's no ascension with this team anymore, right? Like It looks like we stalled out very early in the Boone tenure, and, and I— the Cashman quote last year was he wants him to be around for what, like 10 years. Um, technically his contract is up after this year. I don't think that's something that they want to consider right now, but you know, you hear these same platitudes over and over and over again, the, the lame cliches. Oh, we're close. I think we're doing good things in the box. I think we're close to breaking out. It's like at a certain point, no, you're not, you just suck. And yeah, Gus, you said it before we, we went live here. Like, it, we're at a point where we just got to start winning games. Right? We can make excuses all we want. We can point fingers at certain players, people who are struggling, whatnot. But they got to figure out ways to win games. Uh, and obviously, they got cucked by um, Gabe Morales last night in, in the ninth inning. But that's still a game that, hey, you know what? If you don't allow two runs in the top of the ninth, uh, maybe you can still win on a walk-off in the bottom, or excuse me, in the top of the tenth. You can win in the bottom of the inning. Uh, it's, it, it's something new every day, right? Whether it's errors in the field, uh, like I said, outs on the bases Chad Green not looking good in you know one appearance which obviously have to give him some some flack there because he's generally a stud it's just one thing after another and there, there's nothing that you get encouraged by on a nightly basis and I know I'm going to be sitting at work you know noon one o'clock tomorrow being like oh cool the Yankees play tonight I, that, that used to be my thought. Like, oh, I'm excited. Oh, this guy's on the mound. Or, oh, we've been winning a bunch of games. Let's get excited. I'm going to be like, well, I really, really don't want this day to come to an end because the closer we get towards night, that means we're the closer we are to pain. <laughs> I'm going to add on here to something you just said where you said there's nothing that um, – like nothing that they would do that would be encouraging. And the thing I'm adding on would be that doesn't immediately get canceled out by something that's awful. Like – because it's like, oh, so-and-so, whatever, get a base hit or do this and that and the other thing. And then it'd be like, oh, well, yeah, let's run into and out on the bases or commit an error or just whatever. Like, it's just stupidity. Like, it's just – like, the thing about Aaron Boone, right, where you said, you know, he had a 100, 100 win seasons. Those were obviously to his credit. And then since then, what is it, you know, that we have to be what, – what is it that we have to believe in this in this guy's leadership of the team um because you can't keep saying you're close for two months like you can't do that i'm generally a positive person i like to look at this team and be like oh well yeah you know stanton and judge and whoever else judge has been playing really well like 
you know, have lots of guys with a track record of success to make me believe, you know, in April and May that, like, yeah, you know what, at some point they're going to start hitting. But that's two months ago. You can't keep saying that every day for two months when you're one of the worst offensive teams in baseball and not have anything change. And um, I wish he would, like you were saying, Gus, I wish he would come out there and just be like, yeah, it's my fault. Or, you know, instead of saying um, we did some good things tonight, just say, like, you know, we're going to work hard on this. We're going to go back in the lab and work on X, Y, Z things, right? Instead of just leaving our fans with, like, oh, well, you know, whatever. We're just going to keep doing our thing and you know, hope for the best. Like, no. All I have to say is, you know what? We're going to go watch film. We're going to go watch the – or, you know, we're going to do all these things and we're going to keep trying to get better. Like, at least that would, like, leave the fans with some sort of, like, I don't know, you know, like, oh, yeah, they're they're really trying. They're really trying to work as opposed to just, like, giving your fans the lip service every night. Like, you can't keep saying that shit every, for every two months and – like, eventually the fans just stop believing. And I feel like, you know, contract or otherwise, you know, the Yankees don't really fire people like that in the middle of the season. But, you know, I feel like he's kind of playing with fire in terms of any goodwill he might have with the fans. And, in, I mean, who the hell knows what the, or, what the organization thinks of him. But I, I don't know. I think he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's treading a fine line here. Right. And I think... Andrew, you said it. The the long-term repercussions of the organization should this version of the team continue to scuffle like this are going to be what they are when we get there. But, yeah, in the short term, they need to start winning games. The guys who are playing well, who are pitching well, like Judge, uh, the rotation, the bullpen guys, Stanton needs to just wring someone's neck and just say, I'm playing every day. They need to drag this team kicking and screaming to wins like Gio Urshela uh, has been really good this year on both ends. Um, you're starting to get a little bit of the Andujar bat back. Um, left field is still obviously a work in progress. It is weird that they have a DH in left field and a left field, a left fielder, former left fielder that DHs and doesn't play. Um, but again, in the short term, you just need to start, start winning games, start winning games and then try and figure out what you can figure out. I guess, and Cashman say that moves are going to be made after the draft, which is in another month. Uh, so just, you know, again, the guys who are who are playing well, drag this team to as many wins as you can get in the next month, and we'll see where we're at. I guess uh, again, there's not there's not a lot of positives right now, but going forward, that's uh, that's kind of got to be the strategy. See, the, the thing about that is that I, I remember, like, I remember these things when I watched them roll out an unserious lineup, right? It's one thing, like, initially my focus was like, oh, you know what? You know, they believe in rest. Organizational philosophy, you know what? That's fine because you have guys who get hurt. Like, you have Judge and, you know, Stanton and Gary's usually, like, you know, it's fine. You got a lot of guys who usually miss time and your goal is to be clicking in august and september and not necessarily now but that doesn't mean you get to play like shit for the first three months of the season like you still have to have that sense of urgency or at least be able to like address it when you need it when you lose 10 out of 13 games all to your division rivals and you fall to fourth place like i don't want to see a lineup with rudnet or door batting second like 
That's an unserious lineup. You're not serious about winning when you roll out that lineup. You're not serious about winning when you have Chris Gittens in the minor leagues for the first two months of the season and Mike Ford is batting, you know, God knows whatever he's batting, and he's playing every day. Like, these are unserious moves. They're unserious moves, and they're just... These are not the things that a team with any sense of urgency does. I think that that's the thing. Um, to to the team's credit, uh, they did some incredible things in 2019. Uh, you know, the whole next man up mentality. They had a bunch of guys get hurt. They kind of plugged in Luke Voigt. I mean, I know they got him in 2018, but I mean, he really shined in 2019. Obviously, uh, Gio uh, broke through in 2019. And as an organization, they saw, oh, wow, if we just have faith in these guys, if we, we do the analytical scouting, we put guys in position to win, eventually the cream will rise to the top. But the problem is that the game is changing, right? Obviously, spin rate is at a, as high as it's ever been. The ball is deadened. Um, baseball isn't the same offensive game it used to be. And maybe the way the roster is constructed isn't going to have the same flip of the switch like they did in 2019, right? Like this is a team that was what top five in runs basically every year for the last four or five years. And now they're 25th. Like that doesn't just happen by mistake. That's not just a bunch of guys all in a slump and, Oh, okay. They'll figure it out eventually. Like, no, that's, that's a problem. It's not a, a matter of a couple guys slumping. It's a matter of the, the, the league, the, as, as an entirety, the league knows how to pitch to you now. And also, yeah, sure. Part of the ball, I guess, have I would say has to do some of it. You know, it obviously takes um, some of the bite out of, out of the hitters we have, but it's been really frustrating to just sit back and watch this team have too much patience. Now, me, I tend to be um, the opposite end of, of UG. Uh, I'm a little more pessimistic, um, generally wired. Um, I'm kind of a expect the worst, hope for the best type person rather than a sit around and and you know, things will eventually figure themselves out. Um, I'm ready for, for things to, to fall off a cliff at any given moment. And when they don't, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, but I, by the same token, uh, I also have a very, very short fuse for, for watching, like for watching what we're seeing. You said it, these are unserious lineups. The fact that things are not changing. Uh, and that's kind of why I got on the whole, we, we got to talk about Marcus Thames's job security um, and, and I get it, it's the hitter's job too to 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 actually adjust and, and figure out their season, but he's employed singularly to help them through this, and nothing's happening. So I don't know. There's just a lot going on, and I don't think it, it makes sense at this point. Uh, I don't think firing anyone um, is really going to do anything. I think the team is what they are, and it's it's a product of the organizational philosophy, right? Um, limits on spending, the absolute resistance to go over. Um, the CBT threshold and building a team that is predicated on power and right-handed hitting. And, and again, uh, I don't think it's necessarily they purposely built an all right-handed hit lining up. I think it's just happened that way. You know, when the reigning MVP becomes available on the trade market and you can get him for less than you would have had to spend for a guy like Bryce Harper, the following off season, it makes sense, right? Like I, I, I get that, and, and it just so happens that they constantly stacked a bunch of right-handed hitters, and now we're in a box where, where there's really nowhere to go. Um, so moving forward, though, do, we, we, we've we've gone at great lengths talking about the pitching staff. We don't need to bore you guys anymore with who's struggling, what do they do to fix the offense? Because every podcast you listen to is going to say the same thing. Anything you read on Twitter is going to say the same thing. You've heard us bitch and moan about it all season. 
where do we go from here? I think they, well, I mean, you know, what we've said a couple of times, they need to start winning games and you need to, when you've been doing the same thing for two plus months now, it's not working, right? Like the Yankees offense didn't go from one of the best ones to like a middle of the road, or I should say, they're usually one of the top home run hitting teams in the league. Now they're middle of the pack. They're 14th or 15th or something like that in the league in home runs. You know, maybe that's, you know, because the ball is dead or whatever. I'm pretty sure I've read that a majority of them are solo home runs. So, like, whatever. They're scoring less runs with the home run. Doesn't mean they have hitters with no ability. Like, but they need to do things that actually display that sense of urgency. And I don't think playing Tyler Wade in the center field against a division rival is something that displays that sense of urgency. Um, but, you know, judges, judges playing well. I think everything else, you know, standing in the lineup every day would be nice. Everything else needs to be on the table. And I will segue now to something that we discussed in our pre-show, which was the performance as the leadoff hitter of T.J. LeMahieu, which has been very bad. It's actually, I mean, hindsight 2020, right? But if you think about how desperate our fan base was to, to bring him back, and I'm not going to say that retaining a guy who finished top four in the MVP back-to-back years uh, was a mistake. Uh, but you know, consequentially, uh, it prevented us from getting maybe a more serious shortstop option. Now, I, for one, am not in the Glaber is better at second base. Um, I, I get I get why people think that because they've seen him struggle at, at shortstop. But if you look at the actual stats, um, UZR, defensive run saved, like there's I, I could pull him up. Uh, we could tweet it out when we're done here. But like, there's there's no way you look at those stats and you say he's literally better defensively at second base because the stats speak to the opposite, right? He's he's a better career defender at shortstop, statistically speaking, at shortstop than he is at second base. Um, but I get why people would want to move him to second base. Um, but the only way that works is if they never re-sign DJ or if we move DJ to first base and traded Voight, let's say, right? Um, but yeah, bringing back DJ... If he hits 320 and is a force at the top of your lineup, I mean, maybe we're three, four games better than we are now. I still think the offense is is, is in a bad spot, but certainly we could be a couple games better if he was hitting much better. Uh, but the fact that we're now boxed into him playing a utility role, but predominantly at second base, Glaber at shortstop, and we don't really have any options. Uh, you know, just due to injuries and whatnot, and Stanton being a full-time DH, it, it's tough. the The roster is is clunky and awkward right now, and you you deal with it when DJ is hitting like an MVP caliber hitter, and right now he's simply not. It is really kind of shocking what we have seen from DJ so far this year on a consistent basis. Just constantly, I mean, he's striking out more often. Um, rolling over pitches, not really sticking with that opposite field approach as much. Um, and again, like, don't really know how you fix that. I mean, he just needs to hit better. And again, like, I don't know really 
how you reshuffle the lineup with him not in the leadoff spot. Again, I think uh, Hicks being out and being bad also really hurts them in terms of a, a versatility on base right. standpoints. Um, Which is funny, out, though. It, like, does not hurt them right now. He has been I, I think it does. I, if, he, if you think about it, like, there's, there's like, Hicks was that's a guy that you can also put at the top of your lineup to get on base, and he was not doing that at all. And now he's hurt and done for the year. So it's it's a, like a double whammy. Yeah, but if you look at the OPS he had before he got hurt, still better than the guys that we're plugging in now. I mean, as bad as as bad as he was, he he was he was an, uh, a lineup upgrade for sure. Like compared to throwing in Tyler Wade in center field, playing Miguel Andujar every day in left field, and I get his bats coming around a little bit, but generally speaking, I don't know. Like it's just weird because. DJ, you know, you want to say like, oh, Gleyber Torres is going to go from forty home runs or thirty-five home runs to like twenty-five home runs because of dead ball or whatever. Like, you could say stuff like that, and I might believe it. I'm like, what is what is causing DJ LeMahieu to go from a three sixty-five hitter to a two seventy hitter or whatever he is right now? It's, lo- it's lower not, than that. He's like two fifty. Two fifty-three ball. Right? He already has half the amounts of strikeouts that he did in all of twenty nineteen. Yeah, like. It, it it's it's definitely a key factor for the offense because he's routinely been one of the top hitters with runners in the scoring position for the last couple of years, which is also a problem because they don't get guys in runners in the scoring position, you know, rabbit hole and all that. Um, but yeah, it's like it's, and I, I don't even like blaming Marcus Timms for stuff like this because it's like you know you were saying like organizational philosophy and all that stuff. They're just all bad. Judge is, Judge is pretty good. I'll tip my cap to that guy. He's playing really well. But and, it makes um, me it makes me wonder because if like if they if every hitter in the major leagues is hitting two twenty and DJ's hitting two fifteen, you're like, all right, well, you know, he's obviously not doing his his usual stuff, but he's still kind of um, above the the belt curve a little bit, you would say, right? But and then you look at and and I, I don't want to discredit the guys I'm about to name because they're fantastic MVP level players, right? You look at guys like Ronald Acuna, you look at guys like Juan Soto, you look at guys um, like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's probably the AL favorite for MVP right now, right? With, with Trout Hurt. These guys are all hitting well, but Fernando Tatis too, like these guys are all hitting over 300 and you're like, what what the hell are are they doing that DJ's not? Like, yeah, I get they have more power than him, but DJ's issue isn't flying out to the warning track a bunch. Right. Because the like, ball's runs. He's hitting into he, I think he leads the league in double plays. Does he not? Like things are bad. Like he's he looks and terrible. And, we, and I pointed out early in the year and people were like, ah, well, whatever, regression of the mean. Um, and Gus, you even said it earlier today, like this organization is hell bent on regression to the mean. We're we're way below the mean right now, and they're gonna they're gonna send back up. Like that's not a thing. That doesn't exist. Who you are is what you are. Like it's very strange because you can like you look around the league and be like, yeah, it's still possible to hit 300. Like offense generally is at a pretty historically low point. You know, strikeouts are way up and all that jazz. Like, you know, the ball is dead and home runs are less, and that's all well and good. But like that, from one year to the next, that shouldn't make the Yankees' offense go from, you know, top few to bottom few. Like. You know, Clint Frazier's not going to win a batting title, but he's not a 185 hitter. Like, Gary Sanchez, generally, for his career last year, maybe, and you know, but, like, he's not supposed to be batting 175 or whatever he's batting. Like, I just, 
it's just very strange to be like, oh, the Yankees all of a sudden have a lot of most of their hitters who are just performing like dramatically worse than their career numbers are. Like, I don't know. I don't, it's, I, it's got nothing on that. And Gary has been picking it up as of late um, and has been a lot better. I had a big uh, knock in that last game against the Red Sox. But, yeah, you look up and down that lineup, you see still a lot of averages way under – 200 and it's just kind of kind of really flabbergasting you're just like I, you know again like these guys have not been that for stretches like this and it, it it really just kind of makes you throw your hands up in the air and wonder like what and again some of the the base running errors you mentioned base running error uh, errors errors in the field it really kind of brings into into consideration something that we talked about earlier, which is like their spring training preparation. Like what do they do with the position players? Like we know they have the gas station for the pitchers, but it's frustrating not to know what that process is like for the hitters that could have led to this kind of dramatic step back for almost everybody. See, it's, it, that's, that's a good point because like to think it, like, it's not like, oh, you know, the defense is really good and, you know, the offense is really good, but they're striking out more than they did. It's just like everything is worse now. They got better pitching. That's, that's, that's good. But, like, offensively, they've gotten worse in basically everything. So, it, I just I, – I had a point and I kind of lost it, but, like, I, I just like, – what do they do in spring training? Right, it's not like it's not to be like, oh well, you know, you know, pitching is is getting worse for this and the other thing. It's like the the problems are so all around that I feel like you you have to look at Aaron Boone, right? It's not to be like, oh well, Marcus Timms or Matt Blake or you know Mike Harkey or any single one of them, right? Like, be like, oh, base running is bad, you know, Phil Nevin or you know the. Fielding is bad. Oh, Carlos Mendoza, right? All the whole lot of them. They're they're bad at literally everything right now. They give away outs on the bases. They commit errors. They strike out. They don't score runs. Matt Blake seems like he's pretty fine. Pitching's doing really well. Everything else is bad. And, right? and so like, like and, one at this thing, point, you look at one. You look, when it's one thing, you look at that coach. When it's a lot of things, you look at the manager. And the manager is not saying anything. He doesn't say anything. Well, I think it goes even even above that. I think you got to look at at the top down philosophy uh, and and this type of way that this organization tries to be ahead of the curve in terms of analytics, and yet they continually get absolutely abused by a division rival like the Rays with you know one eighth their payroll, uh, and specifically that the team values stats like expected weighted on base average, um, expected batting average. Expected batting average, can I tell you, is in my mind one of the most dog shit stats because it doesn't take into account where the ball is hit, right? And, and I and I was asking about this, and Gus, you actually answered it for me a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's strictly based on what launch angle um, and exit velocity. I believe so. Yes. Like that's it. Like there, there's a home run. I think it was who had a home run last night on the, the Sunday night game. It was like a wall scraper, but it did go out. Um, for the Red Sox. I forget who it was, um, but 
Uh, you use more Gonzalez, right? And I think it had an expected batting average of like 040. It's like, but it had an actual batting average of a thousand. A home run that clears the fence is never not a hit, right? Like, so certain stats like that, like I get the the practical use of like, oh, well, if you hit this type of ball in this type of scenario, right? Generally speaking, it's going to do this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but that's not reality. Like where the Yankees hit the ball matters. Like, yeah, they hit a lot of hard ground balls, but they're also right at the shortstop. There go, there's your double plays, right? Like, so are, yeah, are they going to, are they just, are, are they, are they so unlucky that they're so far behind and expected batting average that like, they're just getting absolutely right by the Babbitt gods. No, I don't think so. I think that just, they're, they're, they're not hitting balls in the holes. Like, and there is a level of control that I get. It, it, you can't pinpoint where a ball goes off your bat, right. As a hitter, but there is some level of control and, and, and to ignore that I think is, is a little ignorant. Um, so just the stats that this team relies on and the fact that I think that trickles down to, to teams and maybe it's not even that he's, he's failing. It's that he's not even being told to do certain things because the analytics say, Hey, your hitters are doing this. You're doing a good job. It's like, but the results aren't there. So we got to change something. Well, and they're also not following the analytics right now because the analytics also say that your leadoff hitter should not suck. Um, and I and will never continue to roll out LeMahieu as if he's going to flip. I will never blame Mike Harkey. Mike Harkey is a hero. Um, but yes, I think they're, if this, again, you are still not even to the halfway point of the season. It is obviously you're concerned about the entire year. Um, and I, I do think that if it does continue like this, which again, all signs pointing to probably, um, which is not fun that a, dramatic reconsideration i will say of how the entire team operates uh should probably take place but again in the short term like just win as many games as possible and see where you're at come the draft once you're done with the draft like you you gotta do what you can like maybe trade pieces will be out there maybe waiver guys i don't know but like you can't just keep running these guys out here doing I mean, this same thing over and over this year because clearly it's not it's not working. Like, right. like something some has to be different just... in some kind of way with the offense. And I don't know what it is, but I'm not paid to know what it is. The guys who sit in those offices are and they gotta figure it out. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's it's like, you know, at some point you you talk about a team just not having that gear, right? Like, if Stan gets back to hitting like he was early season, which he's firmly very capable of, right? If Frazier hits 20 or 30 points higher, if Garrett, like, if they'll if they'll hit, like, to the back of their baseball card, then, yeah, the Yankees' offense will be a lot better. What we've seen through 60 games right now, there's literally no reason to believe that that's going to happen. And we have no, never have any explanation from Aaron Boone of what they're doing to improve it other than just to be like, Oh, well, they did some good things tonight and you know, fuck it. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Like, like I, that's the worst part is that doing good things isn't enough anymore. Well, they're not doing good things. That's the thing. (laughs) They're not doing good things. No, I mean, I mean like, I mean like, like not looking at strike three down the middle is an improvement, right? Cause they were doing that a bunch, right? Um, having better approaches, having better swings on pitches, seeing the ball better, maybe hitting a deep fly ball. Uh, that's just foul, right? Uh, th- those are yeah. encouraging signs, but eventually that has its own limit. If you're getting some, something encouraging, but it's not 
actually translating to tangible results than what was the stat that they said yesterday in the game it's like the Yankees haven't won a game all season or come back when the other team scores five runs it was like the most over the whole season. but they're still I think I think it's 0 and 15 or 0 and 16 this year when the opponent scores five or more runs so the Yankees and we, we mentioned this on a previous pod as well um and this was like a month ago and obviously it hasn't changed that the Yankees haven't won a single game by the score of like seven to five this year like that's bananas like not one time like even last night they lost six five right and I get we got absolutely ruined by um the umpiring at the end but I mean at some the, point like I get to a point you, you get to a point in the game where you're just like yeah the Yankees are losing and it's a like it's not when it's like one out in the second inning you get to a point in the game where it's like the seventh inning and you could just see it and be like, yeah, they're losing. Like this Yankee team, I feel like more than any other Yankee team in recent memory, it's perfectly valid to say stuff like that. Where it's like the, the eighth inning and they're tying the game or the, the opponent's tying the game. It's like, yeah, well, the Yankees are probably going to lose this game. No, like, you knew it. Exactly. Sunday night. As soon as, yeah. as soon as the Red Sox were mounting that rally uh, and the Yankees blew the 3 1 lead, you're like, this is a, like, there's, there's, like, zero yeah, what, what am I to believe that this team that doesn't play good defense and doesn't play good offense and gives away outs on the bases? I'm like, what reason do I have to believe that they're just going to execute in extra innings when they need to the most? Well, look, 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 they had, they had a couple walk off wins against um, Washington and then Chicago, right? And those were just games where the opponent kind of pissed their pants a little bit, right? And look at Chicago, how good they've been. Um, since since they they left New York, obviously Washington's not a great team, but that's what it's taking. The Yankees have a good amount of walkoffs. They have like four or five walkoffs right this year, but they're products of um, the team not being perfect every night and, and also having a dude at second nights. base with no outs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's kind of a uh, you know you, you kind of feel like it's hard not to win that game if you're tied with a guy on second with no outs. Well, yeah, but most nights the Yankees are that team that your opponent is expecting to, and they're usually correct, that will piss their pants. Right? right. Yankees do things that bad teams do. Yes. So And, I mean, and, and, and the few times out, that, the, that, that their opponent does it is when they can actually capitalize and, and get a win, but you can't be reliant on your other on your opponent handing you wins night in and night out. Like at what point are you going to go and grab the bull by the horns and actually take wins yourself? Right. Like, you know... DJ LeMay dropping a fly ball in right field. Does it happen all the time? No, he's a really good fielder. But, like, situationally, you just can't have that happen. You just can't. It's not fair, right? Not, a human being is not going to make every play. But, you know, in certain situations, you have to make every play. And a routine fly ball in right field is one of them. Like When, when things are going bad, you have, you have no margin for those type of errors. Yeah, like, and in terms of the hitting, like, since Gus had alluded to this, to be like, you know, dramatically reconsidering things. Do the Yankees, am I, am I to believe that like, oh, Marcus Tibbs isn't doing his job or, you know, whoever else, like Phil Nevin doesn't, you know, keep his eyes open when he's waving someone around third base. Like, no, I'm there. I'm sure they're all talking. I'm sure they're all watching film. I'm sure all doing all these things, but like, it's not producing results. And like, it's, <laughs> It's just not okay. And to have a team that a lot of people thought was pretty much a lock to get to the championship series at least, right? They're one of the best teams in the league, one of the whatever teams in the American League. Like, 
or so we thought. <laughs> yeah, or so we thought, right? We'd be like, oh, the Rays, you know, let some people go. The Red Sox don't look very good. The Astros, who knows, right? You know, whatever. All the on and on with every other team in the league, right? I feel like the Yankees looking pretty solid. Got some new blood in the rotation. This and that and the other thing. Maybe this will be the year they finally break through. And I don't ever think about these things like in-season firing because it's just not the way the Yankees operate. So I always put that out of my mind. Like, I don't think they're going to fire Aaron Boone. I don't think they're going to fire a hitting coach. I don't think they're going to fire whatever. But like, really, what they need though is a um, a 1977. Well, I was going to say a 1977 esque uh, Bronx Zoo blow up in in the bullpen. You know, the whole uh, Billy Martin, uh, Reggie Jackson type thing. Oh um, yeah. Like I, mean, I, I know, that. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I, I, if you no, don't think but I mean, that like, would definitely be motivation. Oh no, but I mean, like just to say, I think you know the Steinbrenner family, right? Especially Hal, like being in charge they're very risk averse right they don't spend much money blah 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 like you know change resistant i guess i'll say yeah like so they're not going to do these things in season they might not do them at all but like at a certain point if you underachieve your expectations so dramatically you can't do nothing and it's not even just for fans that's just like you as a baseball professional looking at your team, be like, hey, you know what? We're supposed to win like 95 to 100 games and go to the American League Championship Series. And we won like 83 and finished in fourth place. Like, well, it's, well, like look. it's like, it, it goes, it, it's not nearly enough to be like, oh yeah, well, we'll just do some things and come back next year. Like that's, that's like so far beyond an, like an underachieving thing that you have to do something like, well, I, I think I, that's a good spot to, to wrap this up tonight um, is that obviously if the Yankees get to that point where they can't figure, they can't get themselves out of this rut and we're sitting in around 500 on the trade deadline, we got to actually have those conversations again about hitting the reset button like we did five years ago. I know that sucks, and I, I know it's going to be tough to say goodbye to, uh, well, a guy like Geraldus Chapman. Maybe we may have to we have to look at trading again, right? Um, certain guys who are, I mean, maybe you can get someone to bite on, on a Gary Sanchez type. Like, I, I don't think the organization is going to want to trade Aaron Judge. They, they see themselves building around him for the next seven or eight years at least, right? Obviously, you're trapped in the stand contract. No, no one wants that. But there are some pieces you can move. Now, would someone want to take on DJ's deal? I doubt it. Uh, would someone want to take on? <laughs> would someone want to take on Glaber Torres and, and his upside? Yeah, definitely. Um, and these aren't conversations that I'm ready to have. But um, if, if things aren't working, you know, eventually you you have yeah, that that that's that's the option you have to you have to follow. At a certain point, you have to look at it and be like, you know, they just I, I started to say this. They, you know, you try to try to rev it up, right? We need to score like we need to score runs, right? At some point, they just don't have that gear. They can't go to that level as a team. They have the talent to go to a lot more of a level than we've seen them go to, but like, you know, they, against a division rival, the Red Sox come into your building, right? At some point, if you just if if it doesn't happen, then you're you're just not capable of making it happen as a team in any given year. Like, I just for some reason, the Yankees just aren't going to that level. And that's well, it. again, I think. This month that we have left, what we have left of June is big. Again, kick the Twins' ass, win the struggle series, 
Uh, I'm going to be there on Thursday. Hopefully uh, they don't crap the bed again. And yeah, again, just in the short term, win as many games as possible. And you kind of reevaluate, I guess, like you guys are saying at the trade deadline. Uh, I, again, like you said, I don't want to have those conversations just this next month, win as many games as you can. And we'll see where we are. If they can't do this against the Twins. If they can't do this against the Twins, we're going to be in, you know, talk about down bad right now. We're going it's to be the struggle down, series for a reason, man. We're going to be down a whole other level of bad. If they hey, can't you talk about another team that's underachieving, goodness, the Twins. I mean, They've had their injuries and COVID troubles, but like, man. Gus, I said it before and I'll say it again. They're not underachieving. They're terrible. <laughs> They're just out and out terrible. Which They're is a bummer be- because cause of how good Buxton is. And they have a lot of interesting pieces that the Yankees could have poached um, this season if they were a more competitive team. Like maybe the Twins are apt to trade a guy like Miguel Sano. I don't know, uh, but there, there's certainly players there that that could be had. Uh, and the Yankees, I don't think, will be in the conversation for any of them. Nor should they be if they continue to play this way. I mean, Hal doesn't want to pay the luxury tax when they're good. He's damn sure not paying it when they're bad. You don't want to see this fan base reacting to a bad week of Miguel Sano. Dude, I don't want to see the fan base reacting to the crap we have right now. Like, Yankee fans, and, you know, we're all guilty of it, too, in our own special ways, are so unreasonable that it just it just makes all this crap worse. Like, it just makes it so much worse to have to deal with every day. Like, we have to watch a shitty team that scores, whatever, one one run a game and waste good pitching performances, like, three out of five nights a week. Yeah, the difference is, though, is, is that there are expectations, right? Uh, if this was 2017 all over again, we're, you know, we were kind of at the beginning of the baby bomber window. We didn't really know what to think. We hadn't made the playoffs the season before, but we saw the promise of Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino, yada, 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 right? If this is how the Yankees are playing in, in that type of scenario, you'd be like, ah, oh, this is frustrating, but like, whatever, right? But this is a team that has gone to two ALCSs in the last four years. Um, two ALDSs, unfortunately lost to division rivals in both those. Uh, we don't have to dig up those scars, though, but we, we know what they're capable of, and they're so far underperform- underperforming this year um, that that that's the source of the frustration. I think I think we're, we're, we're justified in feeling this frustrated now. Like, if we were like this in 2016 uh, for a team that didn't make the playoffs, I think that's unreasonable. But this team was talked up as a World Series favorite this year. And now they're barely above 500, and they have a negative run differential in this, uh, you know, starting the second week of June. So, like, things are bad, like, really bad. Yeah. Well, they better beat the Twins. Otherwise, I don't know. We might shut down this podcast. Who knows? <laughs> it, uh, I'm, they're facing Hap on Thursday. I'm not looking forward to it. We don't know the starter yet, I don't think. I missed Cole by a day, which sucks. Dude, are you going to watch um, Jay Happ throw eight innings against the Yankees? Like, uh, I, I can already imagine just so many like looking strikeouts at like an inside fastball that just nicks the corner where you're like, come on, dude. Why didn't you do this last year? Like, come on. You already flirted with a no-hitter this year, too. Yeah, and then he's gotten absolutely bludgeoned in, in his immediate after starts. But um, this team struck out like, what, sweating. 15 times against Rich Hill? So... Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't have I mean, to mention Hill, that, The Yankees but... are responsible for three of Rich Hill's four wins this year. 
old lefties. It's uh, everybody knows the Yankees are weak to old, seemingly washed I mean, lefties. Thus, let's be honest. This year, they're just kind of vulnerable against people who throw the baseball. <laughs> people who exist, yeah. People who can take that pitching man. Like, <laughs> how damn bad are we? We're saying if you have a pulse, you're gonna beat us. <laughs> I'm going to dial up Williams Ostadio. Get him over here. He's already made, what, four or five appearances this year? He'd probably have his way with the Yankees, too. We're, no one's got to worry about the Yankees breaking any unwritten rules against anyone. I promise you that. Oh, my God. All right. Well, guys, anything else? I can honestly say I really don't have anything else. Win games, all right? Just win games. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. So for Gus, for G, for Andrew, this has been the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. Sorry for being so down bad on you guys this week, uh, but the Yankees haven't been doing much to uh, <laughs> give us some enthusiasm. Let, let's go out and have a good week against Minnesota, and uh, maybe we'll be back in a couple of days uh, on some better terms. Good night, y'all.